Welcome to Wind Down with Kev, a weekly podcast with Kevin Spann, the insurance guru. Each week, listen to Kevin discuss current hot topics with community leaders, business owners, and more. Welcome to Wind Down with Kev. Very happy to be here with my man, my good friend, the master of the videos, the short videos, the educational (laughs) videos, the informative videos. He is none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Lou Soriano, CFP. But before I introduce him, I'd, I'd be wrong if I didn't establish a couple of things. We're recording this very early in February 2021. We still are where we are. Uh, we've been in here conversing a little bit. We have our masks on, but we've maneuvered around a little bit. We've established six feet of social distance in between us. So before I introduce you to him, I'd do a really bad job if I didn't let you see his handsome face. So I feel safe. Will <laughs> you feel comfortable? I feel good. Good, man. So we're going to remove All righty. We have our six feet. We have a six feet death separation. It's like the unveiling, right? Yes, the, the unveiling. <laughs> you got you to see the face, but we got to still be mindful of the time that we're in. So I gave you somewhat of an introduction. Your name, Luke Soriano. My brother from another mother, my brother from Red Brook, Brooklyn, by way of Brentwood, and now living, uh, doing business right here in his hometown, very nice of Smithtown. Yep. But Lou, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? Okay. So one, I want to thank you for this opportunity. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, it's funny, uh, your name has come up a couple of times in my house. And I always refer to my man, Kevin Spann. So, and my wife says, that name just sounds so good. So you, you can take that tagline if you want, you know, and run with it. No, but, uh, no, no, no. Uh, Yeah, so as for me, Lou Soriano, CFP, correct. Um, live here in Smithtown the last 28 years Beautiful. by way of Brentwood and Brooklyn. And uh, as I was discussing with you earlier, I take great pride in being from Brooklyn and Brentwood. Still feel like I'm a Brooklyn, Brentwood guy. Uh, and I've been here in Smithtown, like I said, in, uh, specifically in this building um, with my practice for the last 15 years and helping people with investments and uh, income taxes. Beautiful, beautiful. For those of you that don't know, Lou Soriano CFP, that acronym is for Certified Financial Planner, but we're going to get into all of that later. Okay. What I like to do always with my guests is to uh, give you a chance to get to know them, mm-hmm. get to like them, which you definitely will, and then to do business <laughs> with them. So uh, you gave yourself a, a, a soft introduction, but if your wife said that to me, I owe you a chance to clean up your introduction, and let's talk about the wife. Okay. Let's talk about the three gifts that she's given you. So oh, man. Let's, let's, let's give you a awesome. chance to reintroduce your wife. Yeah, absolutely. So my wife, high school sweetheart, nice. Julie Soriano, okay. been married for, G 27 years this year. Beautiful. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. 27 years, and we have three kids together. So I have twin daughters, 20 years old, Lauren and Celine, and I have a son, Justin Soriano, 23 who is uh, probably better known than I am uh, in this town. So uh, kudos, Justin Soriano. All right, so let's talk about Justin first. Um, sure. I, for a prior conversation, Justin's in the real estate business, is that correct? Justin's in real estate, yes, about a year and a half now. Uh, he works for Signature Premier Properties. He's on the uh, O'Neill team, run by Dan O'Neill. A lot of people know him. And uh, they have a great crew, great team, 
They love what they're doing. They're young, energetic, and uh, they're having fun. They're killing it this year. So that's Justin's story. Shout, shout out to Justin, Signature Properties. He's in the business, looking for property in the area. Give Justin a shot. Yes. Now, let us talk about the twins. We were actually talking about the twins early before we came on uh -huh. camera. And I understand these twin girls are ballers. They were ballers uh, in their heyday, yes. No, no, so, no, 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 no. I said they are ballers. Well, they are ballers in life. In life, I got you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's talk about the round ball. Talk yeah, the so basketball. the round ball, they, uh, they got into playing at a very young age, probably first grade. Uh, not because of, they're my daughters, but they, they were, you know, athletically uh, gifted at that age anyway, right? And uh, they played for, um, you know, the CYA teams and the church leagues and things like that. Mm -hmm. They did not have teams for girls at that young age, so they actually played on boys' teams. Perfect. Uh, and then it got to the point where, you know, once they got a little older, there were girl teams available. They played on those teams, which I coached. A lot of the notes and stuff that you see around actually are from my coaching days at uh, which I, I, I'm very fond of, and I'll, I'll keep those memories with me forever. But they played probably from, I want to say, maybe it was first or second grade all the way through high school. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. It AAU, matter. travel team, super leagues, you know the deal. So Let's same go. thing, uh, similar to you and your boys. I know no, you... It's you, not you, their time. It's your twins' time to shine. Oh, okay. Uh, one time for the twins. Yes, yes, one they time for the, the twins. When the lights was on. The Twinkies. They were known as the Twinkies, the Twinkies on the court. The yeah. Twinkies. The twins, they did it through high school, fast forward to age 20. That's a blessing just to have twins and yeah. twin girls. So that makes you the, yeah, man. the hashtag girl dad as well. That was the other thing. There was a period of time where <clears throat> they were, you know, well-known and better known than me in town also. Okay. And if uh, parents would see me in the supermarket, they're like, oh, you're the twins dad. So that's, <laughs> you know, I wasn't Lou. I was the twins dad, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go left. As a girl dad... Well, what were your feelings a year ago, almost a year ago today, mm -hmm. uh, seeing what happened with, with Kobe, his daughter, yeah. and all the other girl players that oh, were man. on the team? Um, it, was, it was, listen, it hit home because that was us. Mm -hmm. um, listen, mm -hmm. Kobe was at a whole nother level, and credit to Kobe for doing all the work he was doing. Even with all his stature, all his celebrity status and everything, he was a dad just like you and I coaching his daughter's team. Of course. And you know what it is. You're commuting. Oh, who? what kid needs a ride? And, you know, piling in teammates, shared rides. They were just doing it on a helicopter. And unfortunately, uh, they had that tragic event. I felt that 100% as a person that coached youth basketball, probably in total with my three different kids and their age spread, probably coached for 20 years. Wow. But in doing that, when you're coaching AAU, you and the parents build a bond. Oh, absolutely. Kids. You have each other's back. You give each other. It becomes family. You hotel together. You restaurant together. You do everything together. So that was us as well. Yeah. I really, really felt that at, at the heart. So I definitely couldn't uh, go any further without asking you about that. Mm -hmm. Right, so so we've talked about the family. I, I'm satisfied. I hope your wife is satisfied. With Me too. She you, knows what it is. I, I what did I refer to it as when we last spoke? Wifey for lifey. Wifey so for lifey. She knows what. Years. Yes, that's, sir. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. All right, so let's fast forward to talk about this piece of this this relic. History. Yeah, this man, it's like an anchor. I'm telling you, that's I a heavy piece of equipment. So what? Well, 
We're holding, I'm holding the Satellite Pro 405CS. Yeah. With the Intel and Pentium. Yeah. I see a, uh, some slots on the side for a disc. Maybe for I had a modem that a you modem plugged into your to your phone mode. line. Yeah, okay. man, it's so, old. What's, what's the origins of this? What's the story behind? So this? the story behind this is I started my business with this laptop. Um, at the time, I was a, a full-time employee. I was a biomedical engineer, and I always had an interest in finance. So, um, you know, one thing led to another. I went to school, got licensed, started doing some trading for myself, started doing tax returns for myself and family and, and um, you know, some friends. And then they started to refer me and then it kind of started to grow from there. The only problem was I didn't have an office. So um, I had to buy something where I could be mobile. And when I would get a referral and somebody would call and they'd say, hey, you know, I'd like to make an appointment with you. Well, I wanted that appointment, right? But I didn't have an office to have the appointment in. So I would ask people where they lived, and depending on what town they lived in, I say, "Hey, I'm going to be in that area tomorrow." Turns out, and uh, I would make the drive to them. Nice. Sit with this laptop on uh, their kitchen table, and I have this table here in my own office for the same reason because I like the feel of sitting side to side with the client. And uh, but that's basically. This was a three thousand dollar computer back That's in. It's a big investment. It was a huge investment at the time. So, and it would still be today, uh, truth be told. But that was 1995 when I got started. That's when I purchased this, and I actually made a post about this on Instagram. I might repost it now as a result of this oh, conversation. And I even had an ad that I was able to Google and find. And when they talk about the lightweight and the speed and everything, which is so ironic now, right? Fast forward. 2021 like the worst iphone is a hundred times more powerful than this thing ever was all right so i gotta dial backwards before i dial forward we're going to talk about the business and the tax and the financial planning and a whole lot of stuff we got to get into mm -hmm. but i'd be remiss if i didn't take a time out right here how does a kid from red hood brooklyn red hook brooklyn right and brentwood uh -huh. how do you get to be a biomedical engineer what's the steps in between where'd you go to school wow how so did you get interested in that field i i wasn't interested in that field kev it was an accident okay and i'll tell you how it broke down so as a kid i was always into um fixing things tinkering things tvs radios bicycles um I took my confirmation money and I bought two SLB1 turntables and a Gemini mixer. I wanted to be a DJ. Let's go! So this was what my thing was. You gotcha. understand? This is Brooklyn. Gotcha. So that was my thing. I spent all my money on, on, on records and, and stuff like let's that. Let's take this. This is Brooklyn what year? And We're talking about some... Brooklyn 1978 to 1980, somewhere around okay, so there. you got a lot of music. This is before Biggie. Oh, man, like so much before. I remember, I mean, we're talking about Red Hook Brooklyn now. Um, Coffee Park, they used to just yes. plug into the light yes. post. I mean, yes. it was the golden era, as they yes, say, the right? the golden era of hip-hop, the beginning. Yeah, and like you were there in yeah. the park and yes. all of that. Yes. So anyway, that's that was my background. I was into tinkering and, and music and things like that. So when you fast forward to high school, when I spoke with my guidance counselor, he was asking me, just like you are, like, what are your, what are your interests? And when I told him about, you know, some of these things, he said, oh, you'd probably be good in electronics in the technical field, and you should pursue that path. 
So, you know, being a 16, 17 year old kid at the time, who am I to argue? I said, yeah, okay, I'm gonna go with that. So I, I went down that path and I went to school for um, electronics, got an associate's degree in that field. But I was always interested in finance. I had an Uncle Victor who was an accountant. He was into this. And in 1987, my mom commuting back and forth to the city every day, uh, as we all know, there was a big stock market crash. Course, that was like the first one in a modern time, exactly, that everybody talks about. Well, there had been many crashes since that that right, dwarfed course, that in size. But I remember coming home and talking about how everybody was like shook up about what's going on in the markets and this and that. So I started watching that on TV, buying Money Magazine, things like that. So I kind of self-educated a little bit in that and it, because I had that interest. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then when I started making some, some money, right, mm -hmm. from my day job, I was buying mutual funds and stocks. So nice. um, that's kind of how that happened. But yeah, I kind of got into the technical field just kind of like because I didn't really know at the time what I wanted to do. There's a lot of people that are just like you. There's a lot of people that's in school right now. There's a lot of people in transition from their job. What they used to do before the pandemic, they're not doing anymore. And they right. may have gotten in that field because... Let's face it, you're a husband, you're a father, I'm a husband, I'm a father. Mm -hmm. We do what we have to do to keep the lights on and keep the temperature even in the house, but it right. may not be your dream. You're working and you do what you have to do. Right. But I saw something interesting that you did. I believe it was a podcast you did with the Handsome Home Buyer. Shout out to the Handsome Home Buyer. Shout out to Charles Weinrob, Handsome Home Buyer, yeah. You, and you were talking about that shift that many people come across, entrepreneurs, dreamers, visionaries, where... You start with a little side hustle, and then the side hustle really becomes your thing. When was yeah. the shift? What was the turning point for you? My twins. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, my twins. Uh, so they were a blessing in many more ways than I could even recount, right? Because they forced me to get out of my comfort zone yes. and not treat the side gig as a side gig anymore and make it into a business. So, yeah. Um, it was it was necessary at that point you know my wife was home we had my son at the time who was three twin daughters now which you know mm -hmm. listen blessing but we weren't expecting twins uh and then we got the twins and i says okay daddy's gotta like you know do a little more so that's you, how that started you get the love and you get the expenses that's associated man everything is double man everything is double so um but that that was the um that was a catalyst, that was a turning point for me to to really not treat it as side income or side gig or and, and really just say, hey, I'm gonna put myself out there and, and make this thing go. To make it work, there's a great line that <clears throat> be taken that I love. Um, where he's sitting at the table with the guy I believe in Paris, France, and he accuses this government official like, you're helping these bad guys that have kidnapped my daughter. Uh-huh. And the guy says, my income is X, my expenses is Y, and where the difference comes from, yeah. I, I just got to... I just got to fill it in. I just got to... I got to fill it in. So right. I definitely understand. I respect that. I appreciate it. Uh, short sidebar for me, I shared with you that um, I just celebrated my 14th anniversary. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I appreciate it. You, you have much... Insert, insert applause there, <laughs> Dre. And on the editing, this is where the applause come in. But go ahead. But... Um, <laughs> I was inside the company for 20 years and my dream was always to come outside and help people be an Allstate agent, mm -hmm. uh, but I wasn't sure if I could sell anything. So while doing that day job, I ventured into various sales opportunities at night to see if I could sell. And one of those things was PPI, 
selling art, giving art parties, going into right. the house and presenting the art, sell the art, do this, do that, just to see it's okay, you can sell stuff. Then I asked myself the next hard question. Kevin, do you have follow-up skills? Are you got to stick right. to it? Yeah. So uh, being an entrepreneur, um, it is very, very nice, but it's a lot of work. It it's, is. It's, it's, it's a lot of work, but when you have a great passion for it, and I know you have a wonderful passion for what you do. Thank uh, you. Your, your passion <laughs> exudes. It comes across so loud and clear. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I don't see it that way, but. No, no, no. It's your, it's your, it's your passion. You're... What you do, and we'll, we'll talk CFP and we'll talk taxes right now, it's something that's a part of life in this country. You work, you pay taxes. You have a business, you pay taxes. We all have to do it. What's the two things that we can't change? Death and taxes. Right. But you're comfortable with it. Yeah. You're comfortable with it. Talk to me about your passion for taxes first and then a little bit about financial life. Yeah, sure. So uh, truth be told, these are all things that unfortunately are not taught in high school mm -hmm. and really even at the uh, college level, mm -hmm. right? Unless maybe if you're going for a degree in accounting or finance or something along those lines. Well, obviously it would be in those situations. And it's something that affects us all. Yes. And a lot of what I talk about on my videos are one of two things, either things that I learned the hard way, mm -hmm. again, not coming up in this as a you know, this was a, a you know, a, a, a side gig at first, right? And then mm -hmm. I had to learn all these things. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to tell all, you know, the young professionals out there, the young entrepreneurs, the young side hustlers or whatever you want to call it, um, the pitfalls that come with it and, and how to avoid them more importantly. Right. So I want to educate them about that. Um, and then, you know, secondly is, uh, well, I, I said first, you don't learn it in school. That's the first thing. Second thing, to help these younger folks, uh, not to make the same mistakes because, you know, these are things that, that you know, you, you need to know. No, absolutely. I agree. It's a life skill that's not taught in school. And then if you don't come from a family where this is a dinner table conversation, you mm -hmm. learn it at home either. So you find yourself in the workforce. Um, I'll never forget my, my oldest son, Went to high school, went to college, played ball, graduated, chased his dream. Mm -hmm. When he finally gets a job, he's making X amount of dollars a year. Right. And he did the math and he divided it by 52. So he thought that would be the number that would be in his check. And no. His first check. I'm going through this with my own son now. <laughs> he's do. I'm doing his taxes and he's like, well, this is what I made this year. I said, nope. No. That's what. That's what you earn. That's what you earn. We'll see what you wind up keeping, you know. My son was upset. I said, Dad, who are these people in my check? Who's this FICA? Who are these people? Exactly. So, so let's, real elementary, who are these people that's, that's in their check? Let's well, who's in it? all right, well, let's talk. We're, we're in New York, right? We're yeah. New Yorkers. We're filming this in New York. So obviously Uncle Sam, right? Mm -hmm. So there's the IRS. You got to mm -hmm. pay your uh, income tax on what you earn. But if you're an employer, if you have a corporation, an S-Corp, a partnership, or an LLC that's taxed as an S-Corp, well, there's employment taxes that you have to pay, Social Security, Medicare. And then on the state level, well, you got to pay state income tax and state unemployment tax and payroll tax on the state level. So these are 
These are all the people. I mean, this is a rundown. I've never met these people. They're not in the cubicle yeah, I know. doing this work. They're not They're helping the you any, They're right? They're not helping me at all. But you're cutting them checks, and uh, that's just the way it is, you know. And so all this happens while I'm an employee, which you explained yesterday, mm -hmm. and they're in my check, so I accept it. I'm making $600 a week. I accept that after everybody gets their cut, my benefits, right. my taxes, I'm going to have $450 left, whatever. The, right. Whatever. The, I accept that. Fast forward, I go into business, mm -hmm. and now I'm getting a 1099, I'm getting a gross number, I right. sell something for $1,000, I got a whole $1,000. Mm -hmm. Should I keep all that money or should I do something different? Well, I like to tell people from every check that you get, you should, one, account for taxes, right? Small percentage, whatever it might be, it might be 10, 15, 20%, depending on your income, Okay. number one. Number two, one thing you can never get back, Kev, we're similar in age, is time. Yes. Start saving early. Okay. Don't wait until you say, well, once I start making X amount that I'm going to start saving. Well, that might be 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. And simply putting away 50 bucks a month um, could add up to a nice little nest egg in 10 years. If you're consistent with that, you put 50 a month this year, next year it's 60 year after it's 75, 100, and then you add that up over 10 years, compound interest, you get the idea. Well, you know, you started out your way ahead of the game than somebody now 10 years later who says, well, I'm gonna start putting 500 a month away. It's, it's late. You start, you lost all that time. You, you can't, can't, you can't make you, up that you time. You lost the time value of, of money. So let me, let me, uh, let me go with the same thousand dollar example. 2020, mm -hmm. a lot of young people, I'm excited for them. They have so much technology at their hands. Yep. They're starting businesses. Uh, my older son's an entrepreneur. My middle son's awesome. gotten into the entrepreneurial business and making t-shirts and graphic things. My 16-year-old who is still in high school, he just launched on Instagram maybe a week ago, JT Graphics, because he's doing graphics. Awesome. So, I love it. I love it. That's all. That's a great stuff. And, and they're not alone. Their friends are doing the same thing, the people they hang out with. So let's simplify this for them. They make $100. You're, if I heard you correctly, from that $100, $10 they should save, mm -hmm. and $10 they should put aside for taxes. Yeah, but Kev, let me, um, let me back up a bit, right? So um, it's 2020, tax year 2020. I know it's 2021, but right. tax year 2020. Standard deduction is, uh, let's just call it $12,000. Okay. So the first 12000 you make is tax-free. Yeah, gotcha. you know, so if you made 12000 you know, you, you, you're not going to pay any tax, right? Um, once you start getting over that amount, then you got to start thinking about some of these things. And when you're self-employed, like you're describing, mm -hmm. and you're not incorporated just yet, and there is a time to make that switch, but I'll, I'll hang on to that gotcha. over here. Um, you're going to file this on a Schedule C, personal tax return. You've got your federal, state, uh, federal and state tax, but you also have a thing called self-employment tax. Self-employment tax. Yeah, and that's okay. going to be your FICA tax, which is, you know, your Social Security and your Medicare. So when you say that first $100 or that first $1,000, I typically, you know, tell some of these young entrepreneurs, you know, account for it, right? We don't know how much just yet. Like if I was advising your son, because mm -hmm. it's their first year, you don't know yeah. what it's going to be just, until the end of the year. Be. But what I try to do is, you know, at least put plant the seed. Like, don't go spend that whole thousand. It's not yours. It's not all yours. Yeah. You know, you want to spend five hundred of it, okay? 
hang on to a little more of it for taxes, better still put the remainder of whatever is going to be accounted for taxes into some sort of savings investment, that kind of thing. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's so funny. Um, it's, I love all the opportunities that we have mm -hmm. in the country. I love the fact that in this generation of kids with access to all of this technology. Oh, this is nothing. They could do it on something. Right yeah, now, there you go. All inside it. of a simple yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a business. This is not a phone to talk about. Yeah. This is a full business all by. It's an opportunity itself. in your palm. You yeah. Endless opportunities. But what we're talking about is things that you have to think about. Even if you're self-employed, even if you have an S-Corp or a corporation. Right. Understand that Uncle Sam is your business partner. Yeah. And you have to mm -hmm. and you have to, to pay him. Uh, right. Uncle Sam's position is very similar to my all time favorite movie is Goodfellas. You're a fan of Goodfellas? Yeah, love it. Love it. Yeah, I'm in there all of that. You owe Goodfellas money? What does Ray Liotta tell me? This comes up, <laughs> pay forget me. Forget you, pay me. Pay That's me. It. Yeah, Leave forget you, guy. pay me. There's some some lines that lead up to it, but it's pay me. You right. always are gonna have to pay Uncle Sam. And you should pay Uncle Sam because that's how everything else right. works. It's but, just and, and, and with that said, I'm sorry to interrupt, Kev. Um, you got to know the rules. So if you know the rules, you just want to just fork over Uncle Sam because, like, it's, you know, a good thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. It's obviously you're trying to, you want to pay your share and make sure you're contributing to society and the country and all that, paying your taxes, right? Right. But you don't want to pay more than you have to unnecessarily. Absolutely. So that's where knowing the rules come into play and knowing how to structure your business maybe one way over another that you can still do the right thing and, um, you know, not have to pay more than you have to. And if you look at some of these big corporations, of course, that's a whole nother level, a whole nother league. But, you know, when people say, hey, how is it that Amazon and Walmart don't pay any tax? It's like, well... They reinvest their money in the business. There's credits. There's all sorts of reasons why that are legal, and they do play by the rules, although it's confusing for most folks to understand that. And, and that's one of the reasons, though, again, talking about the time we live in, the day and age we live in, um, anyone can attend Google University. Yep. You can ask me a question I don't know the answer to, but I can quickly Google it on my phone. So, Lou, I'm back right. to you. I got the answer. Mm -hmm. And I love access to this information. But I'm the kind of person that I love to do business with people that I know, like, and trust. So if everybody that's listening to this podcast, getting to know Lou a little bit, you're getting to Thank like you. him um, a whole lot. This is somebody that you want to talk to so you can answer something. Lou used one word in that presentation just now that's very important. He said it all depends on how you structure. Yes, how sir. How you structure your business. Are you self-employed? Are you an S-Corp? Are you a corporation? Are you an LLC? Right. Are you in a partnership and why? So, Lou, people call me for business insurance. Kevin, I'm starting a business. I have a business and I need insurance. Okay. Mm -hmm. How are you structured? What do you mean? Have you talked to your accountant or your tax advisor about right. how you're set up? No, not yet. I just want to get the insurance real quick because there's a job right. for me. Yeah, I got to start gonna Monday. Me, you know, they're going to let me do the carpet. I'm going to clean the carpet in the whole building. And that's Monday. What I need from you today is the insurance cabinet. Yeah. Structure. Yeah. There's all I know to advise you is to talk to your tax advisor so you can get that part of it set up right. the right way. Getting the right tax advice yeah. and getting set up the right way is going to save you a whole lot of headaches a year from now Absolutely. when you're doing it. You also will get the advice from your tax advisor of, using another word earlier too, but I'm going to ask you to break down. 
I start this business, my son, my son's friends, they start this business. You said, account for it. In layman's terms, mm -hmm. I print off a bunch of t-shirts. Right. I sell them this weekend. Now I've got some money in my pocket. Simplify that more for me. How should they account for that money that they made? Yeah. And what they spent? Right. So, listen, structure again, right? But in a different term, not in the business structure sense, but you have to have some way of documenting what you're making, documenting expenses. This is a big reason why I say, and I would advise even your sons who are just starting out, have a separate bank account. That's almost the easiest way to do it, even if you're not gonna use software and spreadsheets. But if you have a separate bank account for this income that you're earning through side business or your, you know, your main thing, right? Some people just jump right in, right? It's like, there's no side hustle, this is it. Fine, separate bank account, why? Well, you're gonna have all your money put in there. Anything you spend out of there should just be for business. If you're gonna take some money out to live off of, you could account for that or annotate that on any drafts you make as a... Account, as a, account in the simplest sense just means to make notes and to document yes. what you're doing. So let's go tech savvy. Let's, let's say we're talking about young people. Mm -hmm. Lou, I'm really, really good at making food or selling drinks yep. on the side. Um, everything I do is in my phone. People pay me by cash app. Is Cash App, is that accounting for it if I only do my business there? Well, it gets, it. that's a little unknown. So the IRS now, they're starting to get aware of Cash App and Venmo and Zelle and all these other type of apps, right? So the way it works now is um, unless you have over $20,000 or 200 transactions or a combination of the two, um, you will not get a 1099K from Venmo, PayPal, Cash App. Once you get over that amount, you will get a 1099K and you have to report that income, obviously. Right, so say it again for one time for the people in the back. Yeah. You're doing enough business on Cash App that mm -hmm. you generate either A, $20,000 or, or B, and 200 transactions. Or 200 transactions. That exceed the $20,000. So it's some combination of those two. Regardless mm -hmm. of the nature of business, when you're doing that much cash, you're going to get a 1099 money. from, from yeah. So, um, but let's say you got 10,000, 15,000, something short of this 20,200 transaction, you know, formula. Um, you know, it's supposed to be Scout's honor. You're supposed to report the income, right? This is what I made, and this is uh, up until that point. So, a lot of that's a good question because a lot of people want to use not only um, you know these apps to get paid, but also to pay, right? right? Because people don't have cash. My younger clients, they never wrote a check in their life because they just never had a need for uh, checks. So it's, um, I had a client here one time, it was about six years ago. She wanted to like tap cell phones to pay me. I says, oh, I don't even know what that is, you know? Again, being a little older guy, I didn't know how that worked. Today's Friday. Yesterday morning, I went to Starbucks on my way to work. The person in the car in front of me, they pay like this. They hold their phone up. Oh, yeah, yeah. The person in Starbucks scans they it. They scan they it. Pay. Yeah, there's Apple Pay now. There's all kind of I stuff. I was embarrassed to pull my dirty money up. <laughs> I tried to make up for it by giving a dollar tip, but I'm, I'm embarrassed. So now we're talking about the world of apps. Right. Talk to me about apps for accounting or expense tracking are there any apps that you would recommend to people that they use that yeah be on their phones so every time 
I did this with such such, they can input it? Yes. Anything you would recommend? So uh, nothing by name because there are so many out there. And honestly, I don't want to say one thing. And somebody watching this right now says, man, don't use that. This one's better. <laughs> but I will say this for people in business. You should use some of these apps. It, it does help. Namely, a mileage app, gotcha. right, to keep track of your mileage and, and how much you're traveling. Again, I mentioned the bank account. I have a separate bank account. And of course, use whatever apps of said bank account that you choose to work with to track this income and expenses. And of course, the cash apps and, and alike that you're, you're mentioning too, that's another nice way of, of tracking it. Um, but one that's very popular, and I'll just say this because they are kind of like the gold standard, is QuickBooks. And QuickBooks could be used on your PC, laptop, on your mobile device. And um, I get nothing from QuickBooks. I personally do not use QuickBooks, but I have clients who do, and they're able to share their file with me in a very easy way. And it's nice because if you're using it on a monthly basis, at the end of the year, you're not stressed about hey, how am I going to get all my a year's worth of income, expenses, and receipts? And No, it's all right there because you were doing it throughout the year. Those, you built those habits. Very hard to maintain, though, I will tell you. I'll just end it here. It's like um, if you ever use an app for, like, you know, your own expenses or even for, like, physical fitness, right? How many calories you're intaking. You're good for the first week or two, and then it just starts to wane off because those, those it's habits. hard to maintain all that with, with the busyness and accounting for everything. So it's hard. It's hard using that stuff, but it, they help. So, Lou, one of the reasons I think that people should talk to you is because financially the world got turned upside down in 2020. Um, some industries were shut down, and they remain to be shut down. Movies, restaurants, yeah. entertainment, all done. Um, fortunately, there, a lot of people were able to receive unemployment with an additional $600 per week. Right. Talk to me and talk to the people about how that unemployment income is working from a tax standpoint. I'm going to ask you about unemployment first, and I'm going to follow up and ask you a little bit about the stimulus checks that people receive. Sure. Expecting to be received. Yeah, so unemployment, I'm finding now doing some tax returns that, you know, people are getting surprised because there was so much free money out there in 2020 in the form of stimulus checks, like you mentioned, Paycheck Protection Program, if you were a business owner or self-employed, EIDL grants. Some people were under the assumption, although not many, but there are some who thought unemployment, you know, was part of this free money. It's not. It has to be accounted for on your tax return. In addition, we had the PUA, you know, the pandemic um, unemployment assistance that was kicked in. That was an additional 600. So some people were making, you know, north of a thousand dollars a week a in unemployment. Didn't want to go back to work, right. so they collected. I'm seeing on average anywhere from, you know, 15,000 or so. So far, it's very early in the tax season in unemployment um, income on these 1099Gs. And yes. This gets added to your other income. So what happens is, well, your tax bracket could go a little higher. You could potentially um, have reduced credits or eliminate, eliminate these credits altogether. And as a result, um, from what I understand, and I just read this this morning, so I don't have all the details, but there's a bill in Congress right now where they're talking about making an exclusion for up to $10,000 of unemployment income 
for the tax return. So this might be breaking news right here, right? There it is. Uh, you heard it first on Wine Down with Kevin. Yeah, there you go. But but it has not been approved just yet. But it's definitely something that's getting kicked around. So I would say this to anybody listening, and depending on when this is released, I would not file your tax return. Don't be in a hurry to file your tax return this year, even if you are due a refund, because they are still working through some things. And listen, the IRS is not even accepting returns until February 12th because of some of the things I'm talking about. And you, you it, it, could, my, it you, could go a little further. You jumped my next thought. I was going to ask you about key dates. When should people file? Mm -hmm. When should they see you? But you said something magical, and this is why you guys should talk to Lou. Wait, we're in the midst of a whole lot of change. I think a lot of change uh, still. Somewhere between who wins in, in Congress, somewhere yep. between a six hundred and forty dollar release to a two or three billion trillion dollar. Uh, yeah, it's all being discussed now. And everything has tax implications. And for me, as a layperson, I know what I know. I know insurance, mm -hmm. and I know I don't know taxes, and I need help. You know all more than you, you know more than you know. All of you lay people <laughs> out there, this is uh, this is not the time. To Google it and go alone. Yeah. The first tax plan I said, so don't rush. Yeah, I, I don't rush down here. Catch the same same thing. Rushing, bad spending habits, not taught at home. Mm -hmm. Good time or bad time to take an advance against your tax return if you expect to get one. Yeah. So um, when you that say I don't like them. Yes. Never liked them. I'm biased there, and there's probably people in my industry that are probably. Spill the beans, right? Talk about it. Well, Kev, unfortunately, um, a lot of people who take advantage of these um, banking products, is what they're called, are, um, you know, people who need the money the most. So Disenfranchised. Yes, sir. So, you know, um, if you come into your accountant's office or tax preparation service, you know the names, the brand mm -hmm. names. I don't need to spell it out. They say, hey, um, you know, we could get you... $3,000 tomorrow or today. But the reality is you might have gotten a return of $3,500 or $3,700. But between a tax preparation fee, the refund anticipation loan fee, the interest rate associated with that, all these other fees, if you just would have waited a week or two, you would have got the whole $3,500, $3,700. Now, some people say, well, I don't look at it that way because it's not my money. Well, it is your money because it could have been in the form of taxes you paid. At the end of the day, a refund by definition is something you overpaid and you're getting some of it refunded back. So why would you want them to get another couple hundred dollars just because they're gonna cut you the check today? Just wait a week, you'll get the whole thing. I love the relationship that we have with the government and that it trusts us so much that uh -huh. it puts the money up front. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then it gives it yeah, back man. to you. So it is your money. Your FICA, what you put into a Social Security in your future, that's your annuity. That's mm -hmm. your future. You're going to get, you're going to get it back. So, you're dropping a lot of jewels here, and a lot of information that people need. I really, really appreciate it. I hope people are getting a whole lot from. I it. do we, too. That's what I'm about. To the, uh, <laughs> we didn't even get real deep in. Um, into the PPP loans and business people, right. seasoned business people that all did what they needed to do between the triple P and the uh, SBA loans that were available last year. But summarize it this way. Mm -hmm. Was there any free money last year or is yeah. all of it 
Uh, yeah, there was. There was. So um, stimulus money. So let's talk on the individual side. Stimulus money, whatever you received, whether it was a $1,200 check or $2,400 in the first round, if, depending on how many dependents. Mm -hmm. Second round, same thing. That's not taxable income. So that's free money. Free money. Gotcha. Okay. PPP money, if you use it properly. By that, I mean you use 60% of it for payroll, 40% of it for qualified business expenses. And you can document that um, and file for forgiveness, literally file for forgiveness. You don't have to pay that, that's, that's forgiven. And on the EIDL side, uh, which was the uh, economic injury or economic impact disaster loan, those are loans, so while not taxable, um, there's interest and you gotta pay it back. So it's just a loan, you gotta, you gotta pay that back. However, there was $1,000 of that that was a grant and that's free money. So those are the kind of three flavors of uh, free money that were out there. Within all that complexity, there was some free money. Um, I don't know about anybody else watching this podcast, there's, there's a lot. And you want to talk to Lou, someone that you trust, someone that you're comfortable with, to help you walk through this Thank period. <laughs> don't rush this process and get through it. Uh, forget about February 15th, that's just what I heard Lou say. Um, so I'm going to deviate from business. We've talked enough, enough business. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk a little bit of life before we wrap, we wrap yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I'd, um, I'd love that. I would think <laughs> of a guy that does tax and financial planning as a mathlete, like me. I'm a mathlete. I have no uh -huh. athletic background to speak of. Right. But you're an athlete as well. You're uh, around the great island of Puerto Rico. Wow, man, that it? sounds so good when you say athlete and my name in the same sentence, but that's really not true in the truest sense of the word because... I'm lying, I'm lying, I'm lying. No, no, you're not. You're not. You're, 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 you're just being very flattering, um, and I appreciate that. But the reality is I was never good athletically as a kid. Okay. Um, but I did get into cycling uh, through a friend of mine, Orlando, De Leon, shout out Orlando and my boy Rich. Uh, we started cycling kind of around the same time. I got caught up in it. It's listen, it brings you back to being a kid and riding a bike, and I think that's where you're going with it. Without a doubt. And we, the three of us, got into it pretty heavy to the point where we um, started riding 50 miles a week, Ooh. occasional 100 mile rides for me. Those other two, those guys are beasts. They were riding all the time. Um, but we did two tours of Puerto Rico uh, called La Vuelta, Puerto Rico. A lot of people have been to Puerto Rico. I have. Yes, sir. Puerto Rico is a very mountainous island. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. We did some climbing. But you know what? The beautiful thing about this tour was it was mostly around the coastline. Okay. Um, so even when you were climbing, the views were uh, beautiful. So And the weather was great. It was in January both times we did the tour, which was a three-day uh, 375 mile ride. Let me take a time out. You said, yes, sir. While you're climbing, the views are beautiful. Yeah. So I'm a person that struggles with heights. Oh man, some of the heights were incredible too. Yeah, <laughs> so while you say that, my yeah. words are going to slow down because I get a little bit antsy in my stomach. Yeah. Thinking about riding a bike and looking down and seeing some blue water down there. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's so beautiful. You don't think about the height. And truth be told. I was nervous more on the descent. That's painful. Because, I mean, you're really booking going down uh, and, you know, you're kind of weaving in between put a stuff. On booking. How many miles per hour are we talking? Fastest I ever did on a, like, descent was probably 
30, 35 miles an hour, and that's not fast in a car, I understand, but try doing that on a bicycle with wheels about the width of your thumb. And uh, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. Four wheel type of dude. I, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I respect it. It looks good, but no, I'm wrong. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. I just found out something else you, else you and I got in common. I just got a Peloton. So Peloton is totally oh, yeah. everybody else that's on a uh -huh. Peloton. I'm doing a little hip hop class this morning. And I yeah, said, so you like Alex Chusson. Yeah. Yeah, so do yeah. I. I take yeah. his classes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's so, got an excellent story too. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to see you on the Peloton. So. I want. I gotta ask you. How do we like? Oh, why not? Never mind. Truth be told, people, I don't want to ride with Lou. He rides too far. No, oh, we're gonna find out what his handle is on Peloton, and we're gonna ride. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. All the way up to 15 minutes. Listen, so. my cycling day, my the best of my cycling days are behind me, and even then, I was the laggard in my group. But uh, you know, I, I I I enjoy Peloton as well. But I, I'm, I did 15 minutes this morning. My goal this weekend is build up to half an hour. That's my lane. Yeah, it's fun, and you know what? Um, it has been a nice addition in a year like 2020 to have something like that because so many gyms were closed and um, it's hard to get out and it is important to exercise a little bit. So Really important, especially the uh, odor that we get. Yes, sir. We got to do health, health is wealth. Health is wealth. Lou, anything you want to tell the people about you that I didn't ask? Anything at all? Uh, no, man. This guy where is can, good. You you covered it. Where can people it. find you? Where can people find you online and in person? Tell them where we're at, where in Smithtown. Yep. Where so um, my office is located in Smithtown, 308 West Main Street. I am quarter mile uh, west, uh, east of the Smithtown Bowl. That's the landmark here. Okay. Uh, in Smithtown. Uh, my office number here is 631-236-5842. And if that doesn't work, you could always catch me on Instagram at Lou Soriano CFP. Just Instagram or Lou Soriano CFP, write that down. On all social media. So I'm on Facebook. I have a uh, YouTube account. I'm on um, LinkedIn as well. But honestly, I'm on Instagram more than any of those other platforms. That's that's the one you're enjoying now. And, yes, sir. Uh, we didn't say this in the beginning, but this is Lou and I. It's our first time ever meeting. First in time in person. person. Yes. And, uh, we got a whole lot in common. So we'll we'll meet again. Uh, we'll talk again, and we'll podcast again. And Lou wants to podcast differently with me being on the receiving yes. question, but. I'm going to try to duck and dodge. No, we're going to get them. And before we wrap up, I want to say one thing. I want to thank you, Kev, for the opportunity of being on your podcast. I really appreciate it. And Dre being here, too, behind the scenes. Shout out, Dre. Dre's house. There we go. And um, I, I really appreciate it. And even from the first time we spoke, I knew we would hit it off. And, uh, again, thank you for that. And I want to congratulate you on 14 years of being in business. That's a milestone to be proud of, and I'm very happy for you. Thank you. There it is, people. Wind down with Kev. Uh, put something in your glass. Enjoy this podcast. We're shooting this in broad daylight. We both have a drive ahead of us, so no wine today. We'll have it the next time. This is Kevin Spann, the insurance guru, signing out. Wind down with Kev. Thank you for tuning in to Wind Down with Kev. You can find Kevin Spann, the insurance guru, on Facebook at AKS Insurance. Instagram at Kevin Spann underscore insurance guru and on Twitter at Kevin Span Guru. Have a topic you would like to discuss or a guest you would like to see on the show? Send Kevin an email at kevinspan at allstate.com.